Welcome back to Encounter God's Truth. I'm Wayne Shepherd, your host, and today we're playing another classic message from Dr. John Whitcomb. Amidst all the unrest in our world right now, this weekend's teaching reminds us that God is still sovereign and Jesus Christ remains our Creator and Savior. So please, stay tuned as we bring you this program now. We do so with the prayer that you'll be uplifted and blessed by our presentation. Thanks for listening. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Today on Encounter God's Truth, theology professor Dr. John Whitcomb points us to Jesus Christ, our Creator and Savior. I'm Wayne Shepherd, encouraging you likewise that Jesus Christ is the living Word, and that His written Word is true from the beginning to the end. We'll consider a number of Bible passages today as we survey important doctrinal truths about our Lord and Savior from eternity past to eternity future. In the process, we will review many of the biblical supports for the teaching of a young earth created by Christ himself. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray that your faith will be strengthened as you listen now to this teaching from Dr. John Whitcomb. Today, friends we face a very serious crisis. Fifty-plus million of our children go to public tax-supported schools where they're taught Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, evolution, everything's here by chance, no ultimate significance, meaning or purpose in life. We came from nowhere, we're nothing, we're going nowhere. And I say, Lord, how sad, how sad. And I always have to be careful about this, friends. The public school system is a near disaster in America today. God's word is not allowed to be taught, explained, even revealed to children. Strange, completely godless lifestyles are being promoted. I don't have to give you the details. You know what I mean. And so, when you instill in a child... There are no absolutes. Life is an accident. People are evolved animals. Millions of years of violence, killing, death, disease, pain, and suffering brought humans into existence. There's no God. The Bible is not true. Remove the Bible, prayer, and the Ten Commandments from school. Stand back and wait. You know, the Bible says, thou shalt not murder. Child says, why not? Why not? You know what that means? If your child goes to a public tax-supported school, you need to have a home school in the word of God, that is a major, massive responsibility for Christian parents today. Help us, Lord. Please, help us. What's the answer? Well, here it is, friends. I'm thankful I can give you an answer. Are you ready for this one? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen, sun, moon, stars, earth, atmosphere, oceans, plants, animals, what is seen was not made of things which are visible. Things came into being by the invisible power of God the Father through God the Son as revealed by the Holy Spirit. You say, Dr. Whitcomb, I've got a problem with that verse. Through what? Through faith we understand. Well, I'm, I'm embarrassed with that. What well, wonder if my unsaved friends, friend says, well, why, why do you believe the Bible? 
And I, I have to say, uh, through faith, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Where does science come in? Uh, history. What, what do you mean through faith? Oh, be careful. This is not faith in what anybody says. It's faith in what God says. You say, what's the difference? Here's the difference. God created us in his own image and likeness with a mind, a heart, a soul, a conscience, and a capacity to make choices. And when the Holy Spirit speaks through the word to a human heart and mind, you don't say no to God. Your eternal destiny is determined by what you do to his word. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the divining asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. There's no one that's not naked and open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Thank you, God. Help me to grasp this. The word of God is sufficient by the Holy Spirit to illumine, to convict, to transform a human heart. Faith in what he has said. That's how the universe was made, friends. By the word of the Lord, the heavens are made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts, for he spoke and it was done and commanded it stood fast. Do you want to know what it sounded like for Jesus to create the universe? Are you ready for this? Oh, that took too long. Let's practice that one. That's it. And I say, you can't be serious. You mean all the galaxies, all the stars, all the planets, all the moons, all the trees, plants, flowers, fish, animals, people were created by a mere spoken word from God? Yes. That is an amazing reality of Holy Scripture. And here's a hard one, friends. God said to Jeremiah, he, he was a very sad prophet. You remember, he saw the Babylonian army come to destroy Jerusalem and the temple. And God said to him, now, now Jeremiah, I have a message for you. Are you ready? Here we go. But the Lord is the true God. He's the living God, an everlasting king. Look at that. He's true. He's living. He's everlasting. Yes, Lord, I, I got that point. But I don't like what's coming next. At his wrath, the earth quakes. And the nations cannot endure his indignation. Wrath, indignation. I don't like those words. Oh, Lord, don't give us what we deserve. Please don't. Now, Jeremiah, I have an assignment for you. Are you ready? Thus shall you say to them, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Any Gentile who comes to the Holy Land of Israel, God said, you confront him. A diplomat, a merchant, a tourist, whoever comes from some other country, you say, sir, I have an announcement. To... This is the only verse in Jeremiah not written in Hebrew. It's written in Aramaic, the language of Gentiles. Your God is false. You must worship the one true and living God of Israel. That's your assignment, Jeremiah. Now watch how this ends. It is he who made the earth by his power. That's why you're supposed to tell him. Who established the world by his wisdom. Share that one too. And by his understanding, he has stretched out the heavens. Power, wisdom, understanding. My, what an assignment. Whatever city you're living in, 
We live in Indianapolis, Indiana. 700,000 people need to hear the gospel. And I say thank you, Lord, for giving me an assignment that I can be a light reflector in the deepening darkness of this world today to someone's heart and mind. Oh, here we are. Here's the big one, friends. Here's the big one. Who created the universe? This finely tuned system of planet Earth and the moon and the other planets and their moons and the sun and the other stars. Who did it? Here's your answer. In the beginning was the word, Logos. Who's that? The word was with God. Now, wait a minute. Wait just a minute now. The word was with God. Do you mean he wasn't God? Oh, this is, this is a, 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 a challenge now. The word was God. Oh, I was getting concerned there, Lord. What do you, now, wait a minute. He, he was God, but he was with God. What's that mean? Well, the whole New Testament unfolds this amazing reality that we'll spend all eternity pondering, marveling at. There are three persons who are God, each with a different, distinct function. For example, in our redemption on the cross of Calvary, God the Father so loved the world he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life by the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit who wrote the Bible. Wow. Three persons, equally divine. One of them, the second person, became a human being and added a second nature to his divine nature. Two natures, one person, Jesus, in order to die on a cross for our sins and rise from the dead. And if you believe in him, you're born again, regenerated, saved forever and ever, immediately. And I say, Lord, please help me here. This is profound. Yes, the same, that's the word, the Logos, Jesus, the same was in the beginning with God. Now, what was he doing in the beginning? Are you ready for the big one? All things were made by him. That's the Father's plan that his Son should be glorified as the one who created the universe. And without him was not anything made that was made. You know what that says? It means everything. Thank you. Thank you, God. Now, friends... When we ponder some of these amazing things about Jesus, we begin to realize that he really meant what he said when he told us how the world was made. And before we look at these verses, I want to read a couple of verses to you from Colossians. Listen to this. And because, friends, the Bible is so full of Jesus that we just say, Lord, help us. Now, you don't have to turn, just listen. And he, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, those are different ranks of angels, you see. All things have been created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All the atoms, the molecules, our human bodies, our brains are held together by Jesus. And he's also the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, the first one to have a resurrection body in the human race, a glorified body. 
so that he himself might come to have the first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of the cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. My. Now, here's what Jesus, the creator, said about how the world began. Are you ready? Listen. Mark 10, 6, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Oh, really? Now, Lord, that's not what my professors at Princeton University taught me. I came from a godless home. My mother and dad were respectful people. I never heard a word about God, Christ, sin, salvation, the Bible, ever in my home. I was an only child. My father was a very prominent military leader in the Second World War. Our next-door neighbor was General George Patton in Fort Benning before the war, and he was a chief of staff in that Third Army. And I, I, I have great respect for my, in memory of my father, but never did I hear about Jesus, N- never. And so, you see, friends, I was told that the human race gradually appeared from animals through millions and millions of years of evolution. That's what I was taught at Princeton University. And I believed all of it. I believed it. So that finally, after these enormous billions of years and millions of years, finally human beings appeared. Oh, really? The one who created the human race says, no, absolutely wrong. From the beginning, God made the male. You mean human beings were here at the beginning of the universe? Yes. Wow. Within one week of the creation of the universe, Adam and Eve were here, our first parents. Now, are you ready for this one? Mark thirteen nineteen. For those days, that's the coming tribulation, will be a time of tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the creation which God created until now and never will. Now, wait a minute. Uh, what kind of tribulation did this world have at the beginning? With, within maybe two or three weeks after God created the world and Adam and Eve, they sinned and rejected the word of God and fell under the curse of God. We have never recovered to this hour. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity. Wow. That happened at the beginning of the world. Look what he said in Luke 11.50. So that the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. Whose blood was shed at the foundation of the world for his testimony. Abel, the younger brother of Cain. Cain, the first baby ever born, grew up to be a murderer and killed his brother. All this happened when? At the beginning of the world, not billions of years after it appeared. The Apostle Paul agrees. Are you surprised? Listen to this one. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen by whom? By Adam and Eve. They could see the sun, the moon, the trees, the flowers. They knew that God had done it. Trust me, folks, Adam and Eve were not evolutionists. Thank you. My. But listen to what the Apostle John says. This is interesting. He said, the devil has sinned from the beginning. Really? 
Well, he didn't sin until after Adam and Eve were created. Because at the end of Genesis 1, it says, God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was still what? Very good, including all the angels. Satan, Lucifer, was a righteous, holy angel. But within the next two or three weeks, we don't know exactly how long it took, he led at least one-third of all angels into rebellion against God. And they became demons, Satan. Then he approached Eve in the garden. This is all at the beginning, not many years later. Ah, here's the big one. Written by the finger of God on on tablets of stone and presented through Moses to Israel at the beginning of the Exodus. This is, this is so frightening, terrifying. Public schools will not allow this to be seen by children. Did you know that? It's prohibited. They're afraid of this. Something awful is happening in our country. We say, well, what's so bad about these words? Well, listen to them. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Now, this was for Israel, you understand. They had a Sabbath was Saturday for the Jew. And they knew that this, these are literal days. They, no rabbi that I've ever heard of in the world would ever say, well, these are long ages, six ages. You work and, and rest in age. No, it's 24-hour days. Okay, now watch what happens. Are you ready? For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, including angels in heaven, plants and animals, people on earth, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You say, Lord, you can't be serious. You mean the whole universe was made in just six 24-hour days? There's a challenge for you folks in this age of evolutionism. Okay, here we go. Oh, there was a time block at creation. Not a fluffy, frothy thing that you could manipulate and stretch and reinterpret any way you want to. It's something solid. A time block. You say, Dr. Whitcomb, how do you know these are literal days? Thank you for asking. Watch. Numerical adjectives. Every creation day has a number with it. Did you know that? And there was evening, morning. Day one. Second day. Third day. Fourth, fifth, sixth. They're numbers. And every time in the Old Testament, when the word day, yom, has a number with it, it means a 24-hour period. The same here for us today. You don't talk about three days and mean something other than 24-hour units. And I say, that, that's, that's interesting. Very interesting. Oh, but that's not all. Listen to this. Every creation day has an evening-morning formula with it, too. And there was evening and there was morning, day one. And there was evening and morning, second day. Evening and morning, evening and morning, evening and morning. And that always means in the Bible a 24-hour cycle of the earth rotating on its axis. Remember Exodus 20:11. In six days he created the heavens and earth and all that are in them. But what do you do with Second Peter 3.8? What do you do with that one? You know that verse. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years. Does that mean day doesn't mean day? No, just the opposite. The formula would be meaningless if you didn't mean a 24-hour day. God can do in 24 hours what would take us a thousand years of ever to do. 
is a contrast between God and us, which would be destroyed if you didn't take day literally and a thousand years literally in that contrast formula. Okay? Think that one through. Listen to Genesis 1.14. Oh, friends, this is so precious to me. When God created the universe, here is what he said was his purpose. Okay. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs. That's number one. When you see the sun by day, the moon by night, the Venus, the evening star, you say, Lord, that's a sign of how great you are. By the way, in the ancient world, with a sharp pair of eyes and a clear night, you could maybe count 4,000 stars. Oh, really? Guess how many there are? Thousands, millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions, quintillions. They're beyond number. God said to Jeremiah, if you ever count the stars, I'll cast off Israel from my people. He said, it's like the number of grains of sand of all the shores of the oceans of the world. How many grains of sand do you think there are? Trillions. Wow. Lord, I'm, I'm amazed. Oh, but wait, there's another reason he did it. Let them be for signs and seasons, days and years. They're in a very effective clock calendar system where the changes of the phases of the moon and the night and day, of course, relationship to the sun, we have a clock calendar that doesn't fail us. My clocks fail me many times, but not God's. Oh, but there's a third reason. Listen to this. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. And here's one of my favorite verses. Uh, Help me to imagine what this was like. Are you ready? Verse 16. And God made the two great lights, that's from our perspective here, the greater light to govern the day, what's that? The sun. And the lesser light to govern the night, what's that? The moon. Now here's one of my favorite statements. And made the stars also. Trillions of stars. And he made the stars also. Are, are you impressed? I mean, this is Jesus did this. You understand what I'm saying? The second person did the creating. For the glory of God is recorded by the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you told us. You're listening to Encounter God's Truth, a Bible-upholding production of Whitcomb Ministries. Today's message was first presented to the Congregation of Valley Grace Brethren Church in Hagerstown, Maryland, where the Whitcomb son, Dr. Dan Pritchett, serves as lead pastor. We're glad to be able to share it with you. For many more free resources to guide you in your study of Scripture, please make sure to check out sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb. Find the link on our homepage at whitcombministries.org. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. So glad you're joining us for this study. Dr. Whitcomb returns now to offer a concluding thought He begins by speaking about the raising of Lazarus in John chapter 11. If Jesus hadn't said, Lazarus, come forth, every dead body in this planet would have risen. That's the kind of power Jesus had during his life, his ministry, by the Holy Spirit's power and the plan of God the Father. Water to wine. See? A blind man can see. 
deaf can hear. The lepers are clean. Thousands were healed. I mean, it, theologians who've looked at that passage and other passages in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have come to the conclusion that by the end of three and a half years of public ministry, there was hardly a leper, a blind man left in Israel. Thousands were healed day after day, year that's fulfilling, remember, Isaiah 35 that says, when the Messiah, the King of Israel comes, nobody will be sick anymore. It's a foretaste of the kingdom, you see. In the kingdom, nobody is going to be sick. Nobody. Don't need doctors, nurses, hospitals at all. Why not? Because Jesus would be the king. How many think that, that we need an improvement in our government? Jesus is coming. You, you, you heard this prayer he told you to pray. Don't you remember this one? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. It could start today. Well, what a great note to end on. Jesus is indeed coming back and will establish his kingdom upon the earth. Although the world is experiencing much trouble and turmoil right now, we can have peace and joy even today through Jesus Christ, our Creator and Savior. Remember, you can always hear this program again, as well as discover much more classic Bible teaching from Dr. John Whitcomb when you visit sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb. And you'll find more practical encouragement at facebook.com slash Whitcomb Ministries. We praise the Lord for this opportunity to minister to you weekly through this broadcast by radio and the Internet. If you're listening on the radio especially, would you please take the time to thank your local station which brings it to you every week. May the Lord bless you until next week when we'll once again share in that great hope that's found in the Word of God. Join us then for more on Encounter God's Truth.